Amen. It's a good name, isn't it? Well, anyway, we're glad to see you tonight. What a great group that's gathered today as we have the opportunity and the privilege to hear from our teens. And some of their stories or testimonies, I'm sure, will be somewhat um, short. Others may be a little bit longer. But uh, what God did in their heart and their lives is certainly big. And we certainly thank the Lord for that. We had a great speaker at camp this year, and a young man, actually, probably in his early 30s, mid-30s at the most, been in the ministry, he says 12 years. I think that when sometimes preachers say that, they talk about, like, well, I got saved, and the moment I got saved, I got called to preach, so I've been in the ministry, all that. But, uh, you know, he went to Bible college, so if he was in the ministry 12 years, then he has to be probably 34, probably, 35 years old. And uh, if he's younger than that, then he pulled one of those deals. But anyway... Uh, you know, either way, he did a fabulous bang-up job, and uh, boy, I'll tell you what, right down to earth, right where the rubber meets the road. So anyway, we're going to ask Brother Kavanaugh to come, and he'll probably preface a few things and get some of the teens around here. I'm going to go sit out with you. I need to find my wife. I'm looking with my glasses on now. Oh, is there a seat for me? Okay, good, good, all right. I... You know what, I, I, I take my glasses off, and everybody's extremely blurry these days. I think my eyes are getting worse than ever. And so uh, I've got a doctor, an eye appointment scheduled, I think, here in the next week or so. So maybe I'll be able to see better than ever even. So we'll see how that goes. i got a bad feeling. How many, of you, how, many of you, how many of you dreaded the day you had to go to bifocals? Yeah, I see that. Well, I'm getting this sneaking suspicion that just maybe I might have to do that. Brother Fred, I don't like that. Stop saying yes, sir, like that, okay? <laughs> All right, Brother Kavanaugh. All right, well, as Pastor said, we did have a tremendous time, and I, uh, first of all, want to thank you, and uh, we had asked you to pray, and I'd asked you to pray for something specific. Does anyone remember what I asked you to pray for? Anybody? Yes? Just hollered out. Decisions that stick. All right. Yes. So some decisions that just aren't camp decisions. They're not emotional decisions. Um, decisions that last. And um, man, those messages from the first night lined up perfectly with dealing with the heart issues, decisions, and, and just preaching on topics um, on you know for things that need to be changed and things um, that, if applied, will last. This I have right here is a stack um, of decision cards, and this is just from our youth group um, over camp. And um, this is a lot, a lot of decision cards. This isn't even all of them, um, but this is a majority of them here. And uh, you're, you're going to hear tonight just a, a few of these. You won't get all of them. Many of them made multiple decisions, and uh, they'll share a highlight with you. And I want to ask the teenagers uh, just to go ahead. What I'm going to have you do is just I'm going to have you line up, all right, teenagers? I'm going to have you line up right over here, okay? And so let's start with the youngest first, all right? Seventh, eighth graders, you come down the line up first, and, um, and then the other ones line up behind them there. And uh, you can just shuffle around there. And as Pastor said, as they're lined up, come on, don't be, don't be bashful. All right. Don't be bashful. And uh, as, as Pastor said, you know, uh, Brother Brian Sams was the speaker this week. He's an evangelist out from uh, West Coast Baptist College, um, or, you know, the church out there. And uh, he's a professor at the college, I believe. And um, he did a phenomenal job um, of addressing um, the issues. And um, I appreciate the tender hearts of these young folks uh, as they were at camp, and uh, some very exciting decisions I'm sure you'll hear uh, here in a moment. So we'll go ahead, we'll let Shelby get up here first, and you can give your testimony, and I'm just going to let you go one after the next. Come on up, give your testimony, and then you can sit down, and um, we do uh, just want to thank you, and I'm sure each one of them will, but um, want to thank you 
for your sacrifice. Um, for the most part, none of these teenagers would have gone to camp except for the church. Um, you know, we do the fundraiser every year, and you guys give uh, sacrificially. And um, what you're seeing tonight is uh, the result of your dollars. It really is. It's the result of your dollars. And so we praise the Lord for that and how he worked this week. Shall we? Okay. Well, I just want to start by thanking the Kavanaugh for taking us to camp. And um, one of the highlights of my weekend camp was on Monday night when I got saved. Um, Brother Sam's preached about... Brother Sam's preached about revival and how you have to be born again before you can ever have revival. And it just really spoke to my heart. Um, I'm Sky, for all you guys who don't know me. Um, I want to thank the Kavanaugh's and um, everyone who supported all of the teenagers. Um, it was just such a blessing to go. And I want to um, thank my mom and dad for the encouragement that I had. Um, that Tuesday night was, uh, they were talking about a routine or a relationship with the Lord. And uh, I chose a relationship. I wanted to make it stronger. And, and I also want to be more of a, leader than a follower, and I just love my parents so much. Uh, I just want to start off by thanking Mr. Cavanaugh, like everyone else said, uh, for taking us, and for Brother Nichols for driving down there, and for all you guys for praying for us, uh, <laughs> for praying for us uh, to keep us safe, and uh, uh, camp was awesome. This year, people made a lot of strong decisions. I made one uh, to be a Christian leader, as she said. She spoke about being more of a leader than a follower. And, and as a leader, you have to help those others. I may have a strong relationship, but others might. And as a Christian leader that I decided to be, I need to help others coming up to be the Christian that they should be in. Uh, First of all, I just want to start off by thanking everyone for uh, sponsoring us and that we were able to go. And uh, I just want to thank everyone. And thank you for Mr. Nicholas for driving us down there. And uh, camp was a blast. Um, actually, Monday night, um, Brother Sam's was preaching on uh, revival. And uh, after the sermon, he, God just worked in my heart. And it was, we always seem to settle. Like, we settle on whatever... It is, but we always seem to settle, but we're with God, and we're always settling whenever God can do all things, and that just spoke in my heart, and uh, actually, uh, at uh, one of the things at the uh, swimming hole, I learned that uh, you're not supposed to land on your face on the water, <laughs> but, you know, just wanted to say thank you for everyone. I'm really nervous to do this, so sorry. <laughs> but um, for the first night, actually, I think it was actually Thursday night, the preacher preached about um, the end and winning souls and, like, having a passion for it. And the first year I went to um, camp, I made a decision to be a soul winner. And um, tonight, I realized that my passion for souls and, like, um, my burden for it had died down over the years. And I made um, a decision to be a better soul winner. And always carry tracks with me until others, always. So thank you for your prayers. Right. Well, um, first of all, I want to open with um, thank you guys for just the support and the love. I was telling my mom the other day, it felt like on Wednesday night the 
Lord just moved so much more in my heart, and I feel like it was because I knew that my church was back home praying for me and um, just cheering me along. So thank you guys, and thanks for the sponsors and um, the Kavanaugh's and Mr. Nichols and the Greens as well. Um, but a few weeks ago, my mom and I, we were talking, um, and this year has been a little bit of a rocky road for our family, and we were talking about um, believing and knowing that God is good. And that's something that I've been taught since I was young. God is always good. Um, God is always right. But when you go through struggles, you just, that belief is tested and you just have to, or that knowledge is tested and you have to believe it. And so um, Brother Sam's was preaching a message and he just mentioned it briefly, but it really spoke to me. He talked about how if you're going to have revival, you have to just put stuff aside, put, um, just give it all to the Lord basically. And so this year at camp, I didn't make any big decisions, you could say. I didn't get saved or surrender my life to the mission field, but it was just an encouragement to get reminded how good God is all the time, no matter what. So, thank you guys. Um, Well, on Thursday night, Brother Sams was um, preaching about surrendering your life to the Lord, and um, uh, it really um, hit me hard on that, and I went to the back of the tabernacle and I was talking to Trisha about it and um, I didn't feel like making the decision because I didn't want it to be about emotions. Um, I wanted to make it real. Um, so I got home, I talked to my mom about it and uh, this morning after Sunday school class, I talked to Mrs. Cavanaugh and she asked me some questions um, for me to think about and um, uh, then I came to the Sunday morning service and one of pastor's points was surrendering your life to the Lord and I just figured that that was a good enough sign Lord, that I had to. Um, <laughs> that I had to surrender my life to the Lord. So this morning, um, I got it settled, and I settled, or I surrendered my life to the Lord. Um, and I just want to thank um, everybody, and I want to thank the Kavanaugh's for taking us down, and for Brother Nichols and the Greens, um, and Patricia and Taylor for being there, and um, uh, just being there for all of us, and just to be there to talk to us when we need them. And it's just great to know that you have leaders that can help you. Um, so just wanted to thank you all. Um, first of all, I would like to thank everyone for their prayers, for um, our safety and stuff. And um, while I was at camp, the uh, preacher, Brian Sams, was talking about prayer, like, every single day. And um, so I realized that I wasn't praying like I should have been. And so I made a decision to pray more fervently and more optimally. And I think it was Monday night or Tuesday night, I I was praying for some of my friends because I wasn't sure if, like, all of them were saved. And not long after that, one of my friends reaffirmed her salvation. And then I was praying for some other of my friends, and they ended up making decisions. So I realized that God is always listening to my prayers. Um, I made a lot of decisions this week. I mean, when we went to camp. Um, Me and my mom have been going through a lot lately. We haven't... Our relationship was not good at all. And And Brother Sam's, he was preaching on your relationship with your family. And... 
and I realized that that I needed to have my relationship better with my family and my mom and my dad because if my relationship with my family is not what it's supposed to be, it means that my relationship with God is not how it's supposed to be. So I just made that decision. And then last year, I made a decision that I was going to surrender myself to the Lord. But I strayed away from that. And he Thursday night, he was talking about surrendering yourself to the Lord and everything. And I mean, I'm, I don't know exactly what I want to do. But I know I'm going to at least go to a one-year Bible college. I don't know where yet, but I'm going to let <clears throat> the Lord handle that. And I just wanted to thank everybody who prayed. And I want to thank Brother Kavanaugh and Mrs. Kavanaugh for being there for me. Because if they weren't there, I wouldn't, I don't know, like, if I would even have gone to camp. So thank you guys for everything. This year was a lot of fun at camp. You know, we had a blast, and like everyone said, thank you all for your prayers and support. But uh, the major decision that I made at camp, and I uh, just want to thank Josh and Charlotte for helping me with it, is I decided to uh, go around my neighborhood and knock on the doors because he asked us, like, what are you willing to do for a revival to happen? And uh, that really touched me. Thank you. Um, like everybody else, I just want to thank you guys for your prayers. Um, I went into camp this year uh, wanting God to work in my heart because I know that I wasn't right and I didn't know what to do about it. So I, I continuously just prayed before we went to camp. And I kid you not, every single day that we were at camp, God, I prayed to God that he would speak into my heart every single day, every message, and every day, and every message he did. And um, I remember praying on Tuesday night that... Uh, kids would get saved at the camp because I knew when going to camp a lot of times there are kids that aren't saved and I thought it was important that you know kids could know come to know God so they could have a relationship with them from the beginning and sure enough that night um, brother Sam's preached and a message and he uh, there's a lot of kids that got saved that night and it was just amazing to see how God worked and because I prayed that morning about it and he got answered my prayer that night and it was just amazing to see. So I just want to thank you guys for everything. This year has been life-changing for me because I know that, um, like Jessica said, with your parents, um, I'm, I'm not respectful to my parents. My parents don't come to church, and that kind of made me bitter towards them. But uh, I just thought I was going to be more respectful to them. And so I want to thank you guys. Um, well, um, I just want to thank y'all first. Um, thank you, Mr. Nichols, <laughs> for being there and driving us down and just giving us a good time and the Kavanaugh's for just uh, supporting us. And um, the one big decision that I made was that um, I wasn't respecting my authorities, especially my parents and also the Kavanaugh's because I was so bitter towards them because they handled things I loved. And um, I got that settled with Mrs. Kavanaugh, and then I came home and got it settled with my parents. And um, also, um, not Sunday, but Tuesday night, no, Monday night, <laughs> Brother Sam's preached on revival. And um, first he was talking about revival in our church, revival in our youth group, but then he got down to 
revival in you. And um, the Lord started a revival in my heart. And um, I asked Savannah to join me in praying for us and letting it start with us and spreading in our youth group and just letting our church catch fire and spreading it all through Akron. And um, the one thing also that I've been struggling with since I went to um, Africa was um, I was bitter towards Americans because um, they're so spoiled. And it's, I mean, the people over in Kenya, they're so grateful and uh, they just have so much, I don't know how to say it, but there's just so more, more to them. They're like so much real where here in America, Christians are, you know, they just put on that image. And um, I told God, I was like, God, it's, I, I won't do that anymore. It's not about my image. It's about my heart. That's the more important thing. And um, just for more of a passion for souls and just a burden, not just for foreigners, but um, just people here in America. And just thank you. Well, um, unfortunately, this was my last year of teen camp, and um, I'm very sad. But um, I want to thank um, the Kavanaugh's and the Greens and Mr. Nichols, of course, for driving us. We had such a fun time down at camp this year. But um, one message that Brother Sam's had preached was about Esau and how he despised his birthright and how he just rejected God completely. And um, he made a really good point about how um, if there's even just an ounce of Esau in you, you need to just weed it out. You just need to get out of your life, and that really touched my heart because there are there are things here. I well, sorry. Um, going to church every Sunday, it's kind. Of, well, you help in the Sunday school classes, and well, I help in the Sunday school classes and the buses, and it can be kind of a routine sometimes. And um, you just want to make sure you always have a good attitude and spirit because everybody sees that through you, and I just want everybody to see a good attitude and spirit through me. So, uh, just thank you. Okay, first of all, I want to thank Mrs. O'Donnell for inviting me uh, five years ago to this uh, church. I would have never uh, got went to church if it wasn't for her. I've been saved for about four years, and um, I and I want I learned that. Um, that you should never let your fears or um, let something hold you from what you want to do. I enjoy making I enjoyed making new friends. I met Amber Murphy and other other of many friends I camped this year. My goal is I chose to surrender my life to the Lord. And this is also my last year of camp, and I really enjoyed being with you guys. Well, as you can see, um, lots of good decisions, and uh, you just what you just heard really is just a, a portion of decisions that were made. And, and even just as Alexis, uh, you know, stepped down there, uh, she's she started on the buses. I mean, she started in the bus route and. Um, I think it was Tuesday night. She was a little, struggling a little bit with her salvation, too, and she got that settled at camp. And, uh, you know, all these different things that, that happened at camp. And um, it was it was just a tremendous week. Um, am I on here? Not sure if I'm on or not. 
Um, but that uh, it stirred me to it's it stirred me to thinking a little bit. You know, camp is is something special, and and we've all been in those type settings. Um, maybe if you if you haven't been to teen camp, um, you've been at a tent revival, or you've been um, at a different uh, conference, or uh, something that, of that nature where time has been set aside, and um, you sit down, you hear a message. But it's the same message. And I, I've often wondered, contemplated, thought, I mean, racked my brain, what makes the difference between teen camp and church service? Why do teenagers uh, respond with a, a life-changing decision at camp, but it's not that way weekly at our church? Why do we seem to be I know myself in my own life, if I examine myself, why am I more clearly convicted about things at camp, but not right here when I sit in my home church where the Lord has placed me with a pastor over me to feed me? I mean, I'm in a specific place. You're not here by chance. God has put you here for a reason. And God has put the pastor that you have over you for a reason. So why do I go to a camp and and feel like I'm receiving something greater? than I do at a Sunday evening service. Why can pastor preach a whole series on a certain topic and it not really hit home and then an evangelist come in and preach one service and it be like, wow. Where did that? I have never heard that before. That is so amazing. I mean, I know that I, I've, been preaching just, I mean, seven years I've been in the ministry, and I can't imagine, and I've had people come to me and say things that, you know, I preached on, I know for sure that I've preached on, and then someone else preached on it, and they come to me and say, I have never heard that before. I can't imagine how many times pastors heard it in 20 years. It's like, how does that happen? To me, it, it boggles my mind. Why are our hearts stirred so passionately at something like a tent meeting, or a conference, or a revival? We feel like we need to become better soul winners and we know that we need to have a deeper walk with God. Why does this happen? And I know there's all kinds of reasons that we could give. We could say, oh, it's a different voice. It's the way that they present it. The the person gives better illustrations or this guy was a better uh, public speaker or uh, the teenagers were disconnected from electronics and TV and, you know, they were out there in the wilderness and, you know, maybe it was the special music. You know, maybe it was the special music and, and, uh, you know, it just got the spirit right into that thing. And I believe that all of those things add to a service. But none of those things change this. The same Holy Spirit that is at teen camp is with us right now. So I... And, and this is just something that I've been thinking about just since yesterday afternoon when Pastor and I were talking, and, and he gave me this opportunity tonight to, to share with you. What's the difference in the same message? And that's my thought for tonight. What's the difference in the same message? Father, Lord, we do ask that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. I know that I've already been encouraged, that my heart has been convicted and stirred as we listen to the young people give their testimonies. And Lord, we just ask again, as we have this brief challenge, that you would convict us once more. Lord, that our hearts would be 
uh, even more stirred, that we would learn uh, what you want from us and of us, Lord, and that we would be willing to give up of ourselves so that your Holy Spirit can have free reign in our lives. Speak to us now. Lord, please loose my lips. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you would turn with me to Genesis chapter 4. As I was contemplating and thinking about this, this subject and this idea, I, I immediately, the way that my brain works is I want to go to Scripture. I want to go to the Bible and try to find an example. Uh, where, did, where are things the same, but people act differently? Where, where are things the same, but people act differently? And, and immediately in my mind, it brought me right back to the beginning of the Bible, to the story of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. In Genesis chapter 4, I'm sorry, I might have said 3. Genesis chapter 4, in verse number 3, the Bible says, And in the process of time it came to pass, that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord, and Abel he also brought forth, uh, or brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth. And his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. Now, as we look at this, this passage here, obviously there's some observations that can be made. Now, I know this is going to shock some of you, but Cain and Abel, they had the same parents. All right? They came from the same exact home. As a matter of fact, there were no outside influences. There was only their parents and them. Both Cain and Abel had been taught the same rules to live by. Both Cain and Abel knew the story of how God, uh, you know, issued the punishment. And how he made the first sacrifice as a covering for his parents. Cain and Abel knew this. Both Cain and Abel, they understood that there was a proper way to sacrifice. Obviously, they had sacrificed before. Because we see in this passage that it says, in the process of time, it came to pass. So there was a pattern to follow. A process of time is, there was a pattern in place. And it came to pass for that pattern to be repeated. So these people had already, Cain and Abel had uh, from what I can see in Scripture, had already offered sacrifices before. What happened here this time? What happened in this situation where two people had been taught and raised up and, and, and brought up the same exact way? They both came at the time to worship. It was that the process of time. It came to pass for them. And they both came with sacrifices. Yet they both had completely different responses in this situation. They had received the same message, if you will, but responded differently. And I know even in my home that I have brothers who were taught and, and, were, and were raised right next to me. But couldn't be in more opposite direction than where I'm at right now. And I often think, why? What was the difference? Why him and me? Now, I know we all can say, well, Cain, he was the special one in the family. You know, he gets things a little bit slower. 
you know. He just doesn't catch on quite as quick. And so when it came to the offering, you know, he brought from the field. You know, we all have that brother we want to claim as retarded or something like that. But we know it's not the case. I'm sorry, was that politically incorrect? All right, so we have that slow brother. But the, the thing here is that Cain and Abel is not that one was different than the other, not that one was taught differently or had a different situation or a different mental capacity. We know that Cain, just the same as Abel, expected God to be pleased with his sacrifice. It says that Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. So he came before God expecting that his sacrifice would be acceptable. That it would be okay. As I continued to study and look up scripture and, and, and do cross-reference and I came across a verse and it hit me all of a sudden. What was the difference? And then I began to think of other instances in the Bible where people were in the same situation and chose differently. And how it kind of all correlated together. I thought about Abraham and Lot. How they were presented with the same options, brought uh, brought up in the same times. They knew God's word. They knew his principles. They both even loved the Lord, but responded differently when it came to choosing the land that they would live in. I thought about Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sisters, as they were presented with the same situation. They both had the chance to sit at Jesus' feet, but one chose to serve and one chose to sit. thought about the rich man and, and the widow and her might, who are both at the temple giving up offering, and one did it differently than the other. And, it, and it, man, it, it got me to stir and, and to think in here. And, and, and I started to see some things in Scripture. What was different? I thought about the 12 Hebrew spies, spies that went in to spy out Canaan. And two came back with a good report, but ten came back with a bad. The ten lepers who came to Jesus to be healed. And two came back thanking, but the other eight were nowhere to be found. Does anybody have an idea? What's the difference in the same message? Anybody? Something? Choices? Okay. All right. Closer to the thought over here. The difference from what I can see in Scripture. The difference between going to camp and and the Lord convicting you and going to a tent meeting or sitting right here in our pews is a prepared heart. Amen. It's a prepared heart. Yeah. You see, in Hebrews it explains Abel's offering a little bit differently. It says in Hebrews 11 verse 4, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. It was by faith. It doesn't describe Cain's sacrifices by faith. It describes Abel's sacrifice by faith. And so if Cain's sacrifice was not by faith, what was it by then? Sight. It was by sight. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, we said, we walk, uh, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So the polar opposite of walking by faith is for me to walk by sight, what I can see. And I have no doubt, based on this scripture, that Cain felt like what he brought was an acceptable sacrifice from what he could see. And you go back to Lot and Abraham. What happened to Lot? He looked at the well-watered plains of Sodom. He saw something and said, this looks like the good decision to me. And Martha, she saw that there was so much work to do. 
The rich man wanted people to see what he was doing. And the widow was just given everything that she had. All of the difference here is in the heart. It's all in the heart. A prepared heart. And I just want to challenge us tonight on that thought. A prepared heart. See, because we can come into church services and listen to messages over and over and over and over again. But it does no good without the heart being in the right place. And I know, and the Lord convicted me this week as I sat down in that tabernacle at Indian Creek Baptist Camp, it hit me all of a sudden, despite my position, despite what I do at the church, despite all of my service and my sacrifice, it all became irrelevant as I realized in my mind that I was more prepared spiritually for a week of camp than I am on a weekend at Community Baptist Temple. And I think most of us probably fit into that same pair of shoes. We get in, as, as Shelby just said a moment ago, and we have this ministry and that ministry and we have this thing and we're meeting the kids here afterwards and we have to pick them up and we're going to do this thing. And we just get into the routine. And, and don't get me wrong, we go um, with, with, a, with a, a heart that we're going to church and we want to hear from God. But our hearts are not prepared. It's like this, going to the gym before you stretch. You're going to go get a workout. But it's not the same as if you'd stretched before you went. Some people say, oh, stretching is it's just loosening up the muscles. But that's not the case. When you stretch, it allows the blood to flow through your muscles so that they, they can recover and heal. When you stretch, it oxygenates your muscles so that way you can go longer and take harder hits. And we don't do any spiritual stressing, Stretching. We come to church and we're all tense and tight and pastor preaches on something and we get all, ugh, and we can't handle it. Or the Holy Spirit wants to work on us and, and, and we're the proverbial punching bag and, and he's doing the, the number on us, but we didn't stretch out and so uh, we can't handle it because the, the blood has not been oxygenated. Our heart's not been prepared. And so when the Lord wants to speak to us, it's, it, it's falling on deaf ears and then some guy comes along and we're excited about him standing in the pulpit and we're ready for him to be here and and we're anticipating and looking forward to it and and we come expecting the lord to do a great thing and we're like wow i've never heard these truths before when in fact it's not any different than last week's service your ears are just open and your heart's been prepared We come to church most of the time, and not not everybody, I'll just say I come to church a lot of the time, serving two masters. I come to church serving Community Baptist Temple and organization, and I come to church serving God. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because I can't serve God and man. I can't do it. My heart's not been prepared. It's not prepped. I, oh, sure, I've prepared and I've got my Sunday school lessons and I've got all this stuff, the, the work that has been done in the background. But when it comes to my spiritual condition and I've sat back and I've made sure that my heart was prepared. What's a prepared heart? I'm just going to list through these really quick. Listen, what is a prepared heart? 
A prepared heart is a pure heart. No sin. No guile. My heart is right with God. There is nothing that's going to hinder God from being able to work in me. How often do we expect God to speak to us, but he's trying to get through, but the line's closed because we've got it all blocked up with sin. A prepared heart is a pure heart. A prepared heart is is responsive to the Word of God. The Word of God speaks to it. The, The heart that's prepared, the Word of God speaks, and we respond. He is free to have his will in his way. He, he, the word is opened up in it, and it's as a, a two-edged sword, piercing and cutting, making changes and cutting off the fat and, and, and getting rid of the, the chunks of sin that need to be removed. That's the prepared heart. The prepared heart is sensitive to the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, I want you to surrender, or hey, I want you to be more faithful to the house of God, or hey, the Holy Spirit uh, saying, I want you to be a soul winner, I want you to uh, be more faithful in handing out tracts as you go throughout the week. The prepared heart is ready to receive what the Holy Spirit of God has for us to, to hear. And ultimately, it's the prepared heart that is ready for revival. The heart that's not been broken up. The Bible says that our hearts are to be broken up like fallow ground. And that's what preparing the heart is. Turn over, turning over those hard lumps where all the little bugs are hiding underneath. Where all that sin has crept in and, and been allowed to build a little home. And it seems to be there pretty firmly. But then that plow is put deep into the soil and we begin to prepare our hearts for the Lord to do a work. And I want to challenge every single one of us tonight. Is your heart prepared? You know, one of the most profound things I remember from a message was a point where um, a guy got up before a message. And he he was an evangelist. He was traveling around. And he got up, and I think I've done it before. He's gotten up, and he he said, stop, everyone, put your Bibles away and close them. He's like, I don't want to diminish the Holy Spirit, but I want to ask you a question. And he asked this question first. He said, how many of you will commit tonight that you have really come to hear from God? And that your hearts are prepared, and that you're willing to receive everything. And that you're willing to make changes, and that you're willing to let the Holy Spirit of God work, and that you're going to act upon what you hear. And he challenged us with that question. I think that's something, man, we've got to do to ourselves every single service. Or else we come into church, hey, how are you doing? Good to see you. It's been great. Sit down, sing our song, stand up, give our offering. Amen, amen, amen. All right, walk out. And, and even afterwards, man, did you, that was a tremendous message this morning. Did you hear that? That point about this, that was so great. That was so good. I was so encouraged. But it's just like a, a, a daily dose of something. What happened here? What was changed here? What was impacted for uh, the kingdom of Christ here? I know that it takes a lot of time to prepare a service, put a message together. I know pastor spends hours preparing and, and putting those messages together. And there are messages that the Lord gives him for us. Do, do you hear it? 
Because I think we say, I say things that a lot of times, and sometimes I'm just talking, you know, my brain is computing and words are coming out of my mouth. But does it, do we comprehend? I'm not magnifying pastor, although he's in a position to be magnified. I'm saying that he has received a message from God for us. And most of the time, we hear it from pastor. Not because pastor's lack of preparation, but because of our lack of preparation in our hearts. Ready to hear what God has for us. I think the Lord wants to do a great work in our church. I think the Lord wants to do a great work in my heart. And I, I do, I really feel and I expect that the Lord is going to, he's going to, he's going to do a work of revival. I know that in my heart. And, and, and I know that it needs, it's not going to happen anywhere else. I'm not worried about it happening in your life. I'll tell you the truth right now. Because it's not happening in my life right now. And I know I can't expect it or, even pray for it for you until I've got it going on for me. You may say, well, that sounds really jealous. No, I just, I know that I'm not what God wants me to be, and I know that I'm not sensitive to him the way that he wants me to be sensitive. And I know that he wants to work in me and do a greater work, greater than I could even anticipate. But I, I am more convinced than ever tonight, collectively and individually, that it'll never happen until we prepare our hearts. Until then, we'll come like Cain and we'll walk out of church where a tough situation will happen in our lives and we'll be wroth with God. And our countenances will be fallen. The difference was the heart. And I know I'm not teaching anything new. <laughs> the heart, out of it are the issues of life. But specifically tonight, preparing our hearts for God to speak. All of that to say, it's your walk with God. It's your walk with God. Day in and day out, it's my walk with God. It's got to improve if the overall picture is going to improve in my life and in all of our lives. Father, Lord, we do thank you for this evening. Lord, we thank you for your word.